Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Universe. This is the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast. Each and every week, we are playing a different, randomly selected game for that ill-fated console. <laughs> and my name is Steve Guntley. Hello, I am scarred, tattooed, angry man Woody Siskowski. <laughs> it's true. All, <laughs> all three elements are true. Uh, we are joined by a special guest today. Please say hello, special guest. Hi, I'm Michael Raparez of Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to play this game. <laughs> you, you, you I took a little hear, pause for, I, for your quote, <laughs> finger quotes. I could hear that. He didn't make the gesture, but I could nah. hear them. Uh, Michael Raparez, very happy to have you back. Uh, thank you. Uh, we, the, the game we are playing today is a little game called Devil's Third, which uh, very weirdly, when I was setting up this show, like the Wii U part of this show, I asked people on Twitter what their most anticipated game was. And this one came up more than anything else. Really? Now, it was a, it was a small sample size, but uh, I think it's safe to say the people who are into this show want to hear us talk about Devil's Third. Uh, so thank you, I guess, <laughs> well, world. Um, there's, a, there's a real dearth of Devil's Third content out there. It's true. Like, it, yeah. It's definitely a hole we are about mm. to fill. Um, you can find plenty of information <laughs> on your Super Mario 3D worlds and your Shovel Knights. Yeah. But uh, you because de- you, there's some aspects of this game that are straight up dead. And yeah. So we can yes. only be pe- we're like we're like archaeologists of of bad six year old games yes. trying to piece together what they might have been in the ancient times. <laughs> it, it does feel like that sometimes. Like we're deciphering the runes, you know. <laughs> Uh, that are painted all over this man's weird, weird body. So many, so many glyphs <laughs> and kanjis. <laughs> and, and, what is and, that, and, Sanskrit? A, or? You know, yeah, it's I the Pokemon it's... unknowns. He's collecting all of the different <laughs> unknowns from Pokemon Gold Silver. <laughs> Got to get all the different shapes, you know? But, but That's yeah, a, that... it, it is a shame that I think, um, you know, looking at some of the reviews and the critical reception... Uh, on Wikipedia, like the the online multiplayer is what got the most praise when this right. came out, and it's been dead for years. There's no way it, to experience this now. Yeah, this wasn't like you know with the Wii U servers just being taken down like last year. This was dead in 2016. So what? So it, there it was ran no... for was, there was a glorious, glorious two years where you could play one Devil, year, one yeah. year, one year. Yeah, wow. Where you could well, play two Devil. years in Japan, I think. But yeah, okay. one year here, and probably play with the six other people who might have been playing online <laughs> at some point. Oh my um, god, this this is a whole saga, and I'm excited to get into it. But first, I do have to ask, new segment on this show for you, Michael. Uh, what are you guys playing right now? Mm. What, what are you playing that's not Devil's Third? It's not Devil's Well, I, I wish it was Devil's Third. Well, you, I know you, you could do. barely tear me away from that game pad. It's true. We're <laughs> facing endless waves of ninjas. <laughs> yes, which is real catnip for me. Um, well, I decided to take a little run into some weird fighting games and booted up uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for the Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Which is a very visually beautiful game. Um, Capcom was on a real run of beautiful Dreamcast fighting games. Um, But, like, I couldn't quite decipher the mechanics of it, and I think that they're simpler than they initially seemed. Hmm. So then I moved on to Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, yeah. Which has the really nice, beautiful tutorial mode where I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how the hell frame data works and what that even means. And it, I really appreciate that in Mortal Kombat 11, there's just tutorials that explain that to you. And and then I remembered that that game is basically one long cutscene. <laughs> but it's true. It is yeah. still it is still a cool game. So yeah, Wait, you, bizarre adventure. I hope you're not 11. maligning the uh, acting talents of one. Uh, what's her name? The the the. Damn it! I blew this joke. Oh, it's no. an MMA lady, Ronda Rousey. Like, 
Ronda Rousey, damn it. Oh, I blew. She, I'm going to edit that Son- so I look cool. Is she our Sonya Blade? She's yeah. our Sonya Blade. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty pretty terrible. I, I think that's always funny with fighting games. It's like, you know, this genre has been popular for 30 years now, and only now are the games being like, okay, here's how to play fighting games. Yeah, like exactly. We were kind of just figuring it out for years and years, and some people just figured it well, out once it became, better and faster. Once online play came into... Like, you would always be, like, only competing against your circle, so you only had to get good enough to, like, be able to beat your friends spamming E-Honda's slap. Yeah. And eventually, like, when games went online, you're like, oh, people actually know how to play it and figured out these mechanics, and so games had to put in these training modes. Yeah, yeah. Which has been helpful. It has been helpful. I love, I as small as it is, like, I love the small pleasure of just being able to press start and get a complete move list for your character. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Michael, how about you? What are you playing lately? Uh, well, I've gone back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which uh, should Ooh. be no surprise given my employer. But uh, <laughs> it's a well that never runs dry. It, it's it's, it's an immense game, and and yeah, I keep getting pulled away from it to play newer games, but then I keep drifting back and uh, doing some more quests as as Avor. And uh, I also started playing Neo: The World Ends with You last week, which oh. uh, I was I was never a huge fan of the original and uh for whatever reason the new one kind of clicked with me a little bit better so i'm i'm excited to play more of it but i had to put now, it aside for devil's third no i, I forgot is the world ends with you is that a ds rpg or was it a gba one it's ds i believe yeah, yeah. And it was, okay, and it was it, pretty much built around the ds like, and is this a remake of that game or no, a sequel it is a sequel Oh, it is okay. not dependent on touchscreen at all. There is a remake for Switch of the original that is just like all touchscreen and like the original had this thing where like there's there's action in the top and the bottom screen, the stuff on the bottom you control with the, the stylus, the action on the top you control with the D-pad, and uh, they take out the top screen for the, the okay. Switch version. And is it safe to say, based on the fact that there's a sequel, that the world did not, in fact, end with you in the in the first game? No, <laughs> right, no. Or... <laughs> I think that's kind of more about like the main character's attitudes. Like he's, he's uh, very, oh. a very isolated person in that first game, and it's just like I don't I don't like other people. I don't like hanging out with people. My headphones are a symbol of my isolation. Got it. Ooh. So, mm. Hence, hence all three of us wearing headphones right now. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that that works too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're wearing earbuds. It doesn't quite count, podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the world ends with you. Is a game I've I've had like on my shelf for years, and I keep meaning to get to it. And I just never got around to it. But uh, uh, maybe one of these days I'll finally crack that game. Among the many other RPGs that I always buy in anticipation of uh, having free time. Sure. <laughs> uh, Right now, uh, I just, this week, uh, I'm trying in my effort to clear out my uh, Game Pass queue of games that have uh, been logging up in uh, my Xbox for a little while. I played Maneater. This is Ooh. a recent game where you play as a killer shark. Uh, it's kind of like, what if The Witcher 3 was a shark? I mean, you're a uh, real shark boy, Steve. I'm a like, shark boy. I'm a shark boy. I'm looking for my I'm lava real, girl. I'm a real lava girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you should put on your dating profile. Shark boy looking for, looking for my lava girl. There it is. That's yeah. something. Yeah, uh, you know, look, Maneater, pre- I'm going to say pretty flawed game. Uh, the controls are a little wonky. It's kind of like clips all over the place. It looks pretty goofy. Uh, but there is something immensely satisfying about the way you grow your shark from just a little shark pup to like a megalodon with electric fins that bites boats in half. Like 
you know, that that's one of my favorite things in games is like coming back to an early area and just absolutely curb stomping the thing that was killing you to death over and over mm-hmm. and over. So <laughs> take that, alligators. Yeah. Uh, I totally owned you. Uh, but yeah, I had a really good time with it. It's maybe like, you know, it's like for, for a fairly large open world game, I beat it in like seven hours. Okay. You know, it's not yeah, a, it's not a good. huge, it's not a huge investment of time. Lots of little things to find. Uh, the attempts at humor don't really land, but Chris Parnell is doing his best to sell it. Um, but yeah, decent, decent little game, Manhunter or Maneater. I liked it. Yeah. I think there's yeah. there's DLC coming for that soon too, Truth Quest, and uh, oh. I'm, I'm friends with one of the the PR reps for it, and he uh, was tweeting about it. It's like, oh, I can't wait for you to find out more about this. And he had like a, a GIF from the anime version of Gyo, the um, Junji Ito story about the dead mechanical or dead shark that walks on land with a mechanical body. And, uh, oh, okay, okay. It's, it's stranger and more horrifying from there. But uh, So is that the DLC, is you're going to get to grow legs? God, I hope so. You know, I really, I hope, really so. hope so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's well within the spirit of the game. Like, I think, yeah, you can, I can already spend quite a bit of time outside the water. And I did have a lot of fun with, like, sometimes I feel like it's just kind of glitching but you can have fun with it and you can exploit it. Like you can continue to just like jump and jump and jump and jump and jump once you're out of the water and just get ridiculous air, uh, which I just, I had a good time with it. I don't know. I also appreciate there are a lot of Lovecraft references in that game if you know where to look. So it kind of makes you wonder what's going around on around the, uh, the periphery of things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for some weirdness. I'm hoping for like a red dead redemption zombie nightmare style Mm. DLC, uh, where we, where you get weird with it. All right, let's jump in and talk a little bit about this game from today. Devil's Third was released August 29th, 2015, developed by Valhalla Game Studios and published by Nintendo. It was also released briefly on Windows. Uh, All right, so Valhalla is kind of a short-lived studio, and we have to talk about it because I think this is a game that's really based on the, the personality and the persona of a particular director, who we're going to be jumping into. So Valhalla was founded by two former Tecmo members. One is Satoshi Kanematsu, who is the creator of uh, Rygar and Monster Rancher. Okay. If you like Rygar or Monster Rancher. Um, and the other is Tomonobu Itagaki, the former head of Team Ninja and the developer of Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden, one of Woody's very favorite games ever. The 2004 Ninja Gaiden. Um, so Itagaki's name will be familiar if you followed gaming for a while because he... He was kind of of this generation of like rock star video game developers. Like like he was being put forward as like a name and a face with like David Jaffe and Cliff Blazinski and Peter and, Molyneux. And Peter Molyneux. Yeah, guys like this who like you you knew their name like above the title of a game, which doesn't really doesn't happen very much at all. But he he was kind of like a famous figure. You know, he always wore sunglasses, he always had like the long hair, the leather jacket, and he also had a bit of a reputation for being like contentious with the press, with uh, his team members, with the uppers at Tecmo. Now, uh, Michael, you you spent a lot of time in the games industry. Did you ever have any run-ins with Itagaki or know anybody who I, did? I met him once, actually. And, oh, you did? Uh, yeah, my, my impression of him was actually very positive because he came by our offices when I was at uh, game what's now Games Radar Plus, and hmm. uh, he sh- was showing off uh, Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword, like the DS Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I was... Like he he put it in my hands and like was like standing over my shoulder telling me how to play it and he was just I remember very <laughs> soft spoken and like patient with me. So, wow. So yeah, then then you hear like these stories about like 
oh, he's he's very difficult to work with. And it's like, well, I guess, you know, he's on his best behavior with press. So <laughs> That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I know he, he's got a reputation for being kind of a taskmaster. And, uh, you know, there were some icky, like, you know, harassment charges around him. I think they were mm, all dropped. Yeah. But, yeah, still, still a couple of things like that. But it, he definitely, like, I will... It's cool when you see a developer who, like, you could play one of their games and you see a picture of them, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get that that person developed that game. Mm. Yeah. Like, he, he <laughs> has, like, very, like, Rooker, you're like, yeah, I get how, like, a long-haired Japanese man with sunglasses decided that this was the aesthetic that he wanted his games to have. Yeah. No, it's so. very true. He's he's living his truth, I think. Yeah. And I, I don't uh, want to be, just to be clear, I don't want to be like, oh, well, he was nice to me, therefore, you know, it's... Oh, like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> it's not just at my all. narrow not experience. But. I think he probably would have been less nice to you if you brought up Tekken in any way. Uh, apparently, that's one of his triggers, is if you mention Tekken, uh, he'll just kind of fly off the handle. Uh, Sorry, oh, I, I lost you? you guys for a second. Yeah, what did you say? Oh, I just said, uh, I, I think one of the one of the ways to make him be less nice to you is to mention Tekken in any way. Uh, oh. Because apparently <laughs> that's just a bit of a trigger for him. He's always talking about how especially like Tekken 4 on are just like the worst games out there uh, compared oh, to his Dead or Alive games. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, 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 responsible well, we, people we'll, can can. We'll differ. see on our list mm-hmm. where uh, Tekken Tag... Ranks versus Devil's Third. <laughs> I suspect a little bit better. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, it- Itagaki, he also clashed with the uh, the higher-ups at Tecmo. And in 2008, after the release of Ninja Gaiden 2, Itagaki quit the company and he launched a lawsuit for 148 million yen against Tecmo, citing unpaid bonuses for his work on DOA 4 and accusing the president of the company for making, quote, demeaning oh, remarks. connection again here. Uh-oh. Who lose again? Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, crap. Uh, okay. So yeah, he was fired for making. Uh, he claims he was fired for making. Or, oh, I'm sorry. The the he claims that the president of the company was making demeaning remarks against him in front of his colleagues. Uh, I couldn't actually find an update on how this lawsuit panned out. Uh, but yeah, he he, he left uh, in kind of contentiously with Tecmo. Uh, after he left that, he joined forces with Kanematsu to form Valhalla Game Studios in Tokyo with a subsidiary company in Vancouver. And they produced only one North American release, which we will go into more detail on a moment er, in a moment. But uh, the the other game that they did was a 3DS game uh, based on a popular Japanese board game series that hasn't been released over here. And they've been inactive since 2016. And this might have to do with a lawsuit that they're facing from uh, uh, the film producer Gail Ann Hurd, who you might know from The Walking Dead and The Abyss, most of James Cameron's stuff, because... Uh, she runs a studio called uh, Valhalla Movie Studios, which has a very similar name, obviously, mm-hmm. and a very similar logo to what Valhalla Game Studios has. Uh, so I believe the film studio won out in that lawsuit. So I'm not sure if what Valhalla is called anymore or if they're called anything. Um, but as for Itagaki, he left Valhalla shortly after Devil's Third, and he has kept a pretty low profile uh, he was an advisor on the game Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, and apparently he's been teaching game design in Tokyo uh, for the last couple of years. But he did just announce he's forming his own new studio this year uh, called Itagaki Games, and uh, he, he hasn't announced anything in particular, but uh, he does want to work with Microsoft again. Well, I mean, that would have been the heyday. That would have um, been the heyday. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. I have a quiz question for you, Michael. Have you ever played Ninja Gaiden 3 for the... The newer Ninja Gaiden. Three. Very briefly, not not in any sort of depth. Because I do wonder, like, I love Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2, and I heard 3 just kind of got savaged by the critics, and that was after mm-hmm. Itagaki left. 
That's the and bloodless one, right? I do believe that yeah. is the bloodless one. And I, I thought um, it was supposed to be bloodier. Like, it, and it has these these moments where you're like, I think Ryu gets like infected by some demonic presence, and he just sort of like stalks slowly towards someone and executes them. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe it's I've, the wrong I've, one. Yeah. I've always wanted to give that game a chance, but I was curious because, like, even playing Good Devils, news. you're going to get a chance. Oh, on it's this on. Very it's show. on Wii U. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I think it's, Razor's Edge is the more definitive version of that. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Play one, play that. <laughs> because, yeah, just in the playing of Devil's Third, I just am immediately brought back to his very specific aesthetic of, like, large characters who kind of pop. They just pop full of blood. Yeah. And they're, like, yeah. They're, like, they're, they're like human pinatas yeah. in these games. That is that is Someone's... one positive thing I'll say about this. They do it does gore really really well. Like oh, the guy's head just like flew off and left a huge streamer of blood behind it. Like oh, it's, it's a nice I did guy. enjoy that. I did enjoy that. <laughs> All right, so production on this game was pretty famously troubled. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure I, I don't know. Did you ever report on this game when it was coming out or being announced? I did not. No. Okay, yeah, because it, it's been in the cycle for a long time. So they originally announced, started development in 2008, and then they'd made its original debut at E3 in 2010. And at that time, the game was going to be published through Microsoft Game Studios, and it was going to be a 360 exclusive. But that partnership fell through, and then Itagaki took a meeting with a guy at THQ named Danny Bilson. He was a creative director there, but he used to be a Hollywood screenwriter. He wrote the movie The Rocketeer, and he's the father of actress Rachel Bilson. I just found all this very interesting. Um, yeah, so Bilson had some cool ideas for the game, and he wanted to produce it for release on PS3, 360, and PC. Unfortunately, in 2013, THQ filed for bankruptcy, and so this project had to be dropped. We talked about that a little bit when we covered The Avengers a couple of weeks ago. This THQ had a pretty high-profile Avengers game that was canceled. So the rights to Devil's Third went back to Valhalla, and they found a new publisher with an up-and-coming Korean company called Dubik. But Dubik went out of business as well, and they <laughs> sold the production back again. Um, luckily, Nintendo was in the market for like a more grown-up game with a heavy online component. Well, and, and well sure, because like if yeah. you think about, I mean, this is what the early teens at this point. And yeah, it is more and more like companies had realized that, like, this is what they needed to do. It's just, like, people want to play games with recurring online features that you can kind of just milk. Yeah. Um, and the Wii U has none of that until Mario Maker came came around. Like, yeah. That was kind of it. And that's a very different audience than you might get from Devil's Third. So I get how, like, this would be appealing to Nintendo. Like, a guy who makes, like famously bloody games and then have an exclusive online for the system. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Nintendo was famously kind of slow to roll out their online strategy. Like, they've been able to do online since the Wii and the DS, but it was always kind of backburnered a little bit. And I think the Wii U was the first system that they did that made it pretty accessible. Like, I think they still did have friend codes, but they were, like, shorter friend codes, and it was it was generally easier to play with your friends online. So... And at this point, 2015, you know, the Wii U is struggling. Like, it really, uh, it, it needs, like, kind of a big, high-profile hit that would ap appeal to older gamers, who I think was a lot of the market they were losing with the Wii U. So, like, I can understand it as a decision. Um, yeah, so they said, he set up a meeting with Satoru Iwata, and they agreed to make this game a Wii U exclusive. 
Uh, so the publisher was finally locked in, but then problems kept happening because the company that made the original game's engine went out of business. So they couldn't use the original uh. game's engine. So they had to change it to something else. And then that didn't work. So they had to change it again. So they had to remake this game three times from the ground up, finally settling, settling on the Unreal Engine. Um, now, the game had been announced and early footage was shown at E3 2014, but by 2015, the game was a no-show and the title had been pulled from Nintendo's eShop, uh, which led some people to speculate, like, okay, are they, are they pulling this game? Nintendo was having kind of a, uh, a spree of those, like a f- couple of games that they just lost confidence in and pulled hmm. them. Like, there was one called Project Hammer... There's one called uh, Disaster Day of Relief that was supposed to come out on the Wii U <laughs> that never came. And that was the rumor coming out of Nintendo the at the of time. Relief never came. <laughs> <laughs> it but never disaster came. Did. It was a disaster. Yeah, it was definitely a disaster. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think a, the rumor was just that Nintendo was not happy with the final product and they didn't want to associate their name with it. And so they weren't going to release it. Which is crazy to me because. Look, they've they've associated with way worse games than this. Yeah, 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 exactly. The idea at some point, like the Nintendo Seal of Quality, like did the do you think that the Nintendo Seal of Quality like ever meant something? Like, I understand why it got established because after like the Atari crash, where like there would just be so much garbage out for Atari that would just be like you know the Apple App Store where mm. there'd just be like unregulated trash, and Nintendo's like, well, wait a second. What if we regulated this in some way? But there's so much trash on the NES. Like, it's weird to think that that... Was there... How often do you think in Nintendo's history have they ever been like, no, this game doesn't live up to our standard of quality? I mean, they they gave the the seal of quality to Total Recall, so I can't imagine their standards are... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, Yeah, and and it's it's one of those things where, like, as a kid, you think it's quality, and then as an adult, you read up on it and you realize, like, oh, what it signified was they paid us a licensing fee and agreed to abide by our weird rules about, like, how many games they could put out a year. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, I remember people making a big deal when they retired the seal of quality uh, during the Wii, and I'm like, okay, this this doesn't really mean what you say. It's like this, oh, Nintendo's giving up. They're not trying to do quality things anymore. It's like, no, that's not, obviously yeah, that's not what they're did. doing. <laughs> no. I you mean, know, obviously like, uh, on their first party stuff, rigorous quality control. Sure. Of course. Look, like, and, yeah. and there are obviously some major turds on the Wii, but that wasn't why they got <laughs> rid of that seal of quality. You know, it right. was just, it was always kind of a marketing thing. It, but it does make me wonder, like, due to have like, why this game sort of got so little coverage or so little copies were put out to distributors, you'd think that there must be something going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like they had some personal beef with uh, Itagaki or... Yeah. Because it just... Or they're just like, this game is too violent or there was some aspect of it that they found distasteful. Because, yeah, there's very little here that like, at least to me, that screams like total disaster you want to differentiate yourself from, from a gameplay perspective. No, I, th- I think you have like a dozen games at least this bad on on. Yeah. Uh, I think we've already played on, plenty on... of games this bad no, in just totally. however many episodes we've done so far. It's true, it's true. <laughs> I mean, luckily the fan community was on their side. They There was a big pushback against Nintendo for pulling the game, and so they, they backed off on that decision. They decided to publish it anyway, but they did it in kind of a spiteful way. Like, I think GameStop only got like 500 copies to sell online, so there was immediately like a secondary market opening up. People were paying upwards of three hundred dollars to get their hands on this game, wow. and then it came out. And I'm gonna tell you right so now, much. not worth three hundred dollars. Not worth three hundred dollars. 
So funny story, actually. Yeah. When you asked me to to do this, like I remember, like oh, I can finally play my copy of Devil's Third that I got through like GameFly for thirty bucks several years yeah. ago. Sure. And and I tried playing it for the first time, and it just like sits there on the logo screen and plays the music over and over again. Like Uh-oh. what's going on? Pop it out. It's it's like smudged all to hell. There's a couple of little scratches. So it's like I'll put it in my disc doctor thing that I haven't used since roughly 2014. (laughs) And uh, I run it through that and I pop it out. And now instead of just a few scratches, it has radial scratches all (laughs) over the disc. (laughs) And so I pop it in and it doesn't read it at all. I'm like, well, how much does it cost to get a replacement? Look on eBay. It's like $400. Uh, Is it online? Like, yes, it is $30 through the eShop. It is still available. Uh, oh, that seems like a goodness. lot for a six-year-old game. But... Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm it's a sorry lot cheaper than that. the oh. physical disc, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, dear Lord. And that is a market that's like sprung up like since we've started this show. When I bought the game like fairly new from a GameStop, like it was 60 bucks. Like a lot to pay for a Wii U game like five yeah. years after the fact, but not like a lot in collector's standards, you know? But yeah, it is uh, on eBay up to like three, $400 now. It's crazy. Uh, you know, and uh, I guess we can decide whether or not this is a game that uh, deserves that price, deserves to have a cult following. I don't know. Um, I I was I was prepared to defend this game up to a point. I think I am still prepared to defend this game up to a point. I'll be like, I'm prepared to defend this game, Steve. But like, I I, I liked this game. <laughs> I, I I can't quite go that. I liked a lot about this game. I don't know if I can go quite that far with it, but. I feel like it reflects poorly on me and my taste, but I had a good. I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to keep playing. I kind of knew this would be a Woody. I'm, game. I'm a yeah. man. I realize, like, I want to present myself as kind of like an intellectual who hosts like an Infinite Jest podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's sort of in the end. Like, I like a game where you play where you get to both have a sword and a gun. Yeah, like, like that's awesome to me. Yeah, like, that yeah. was like my dream game like when i was bored in elementary school and i'd be like what would the best game what if you had a grappling hook and a sword and a gun i'm like amazing greatest game ever and i would draw stick mans with swords and guns <laughs> and grappling hooks and yeah. grappling hooks but i i think yeah the, I, for for my part like i was playing i was like yeah this is it's not terrible it's like a solid six out of ten and then i started thinking like well but it stutters during cutscenes. yes like every weapon that isn't the katana is kind of trash and hard to use and the guns are really slow to aim and yeah maybe, maybe it has a few more dings against it than that i i kept thinking uh toward the end of the game the, the phrase uva bowls metal gear solid kept popping into my head oh yeah That's oh a, yeah remember yeah when he wanted to direct the metal gear movie <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like this game screams of metal gear solid like i think mm-hmm. it's really trying to go for a similar arc uh i'm gonna try and explain the plot here but it's really confusing and kind of hard to pin down but you play as a guy named Ivan. Uh, you are a bald, shirtless man covered in tattoos. You never once put on a shirt. I don't know what the mystery of the lacking shirt is. That well, could mean, be a Metal got, Gear Solid Five would thing. Cover like up his tattoos. Yeah, he's got kick-ass tattoos. He's like covered in kanji, and then he's got like a weird sun that covers his lower back. There you go. See, I'd like. This game, since it's a male character, they don't need to explain it. But with like Metal Gear Solid Five, we have to explain. Oh no, Quiet just breathes through her skin, oh, sure. so she needs to wear the skimpiest bikini Ooh. we po- can possibly fit her in, uh, but for reasons. For We're reasons. not sexist, sure. No, she needs to breathe. Mm. 
Um, all right, so you play as Ivan. When the game opens up, you are doing a drum solo in the basement of Guantanamo Bay. It's like and the yes, beginning of that the big is, short, You heard that correct. Which is, which is not a prison camp, but a full high-security prison that houses mostly Americans? Yes, yes. Judging and it's by also, their accents? <laughs> it's also uh, specified that you have an 850-year sentence living in this bunker, but they're still yep. going to give you a full drum set, a wall full of amps, as much booze and, like, bookshelves and stuff as you want. So, like, pretty comfortable way to live, you know, if you're going to be yeah, in prison well, for as, 850 years. As explained by the many, many loading scene, uh, screens, these are all <laughs> rewards for completing various missions because he's oh. like the Suicide Squad. They let him out to do missions. Oh, okay. That's maybe it. That knocks some time off his sentence. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean that they can they can keep doing that safely for a while before they like get to a sentence that he'll live through. Mm. I mean, this game has an aesthetic that I like of being openly dumb, which is something that I appreciate. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. the appeal of Metal Gear Solid in a lot of ways, and I think why it works, is because it is usually pretty dumb, but it kind of disguises that with a bunch of like techno babble and big words and like in international intrigue where you're like oh maybe this is really saying something whereas this game is just like yeah he's this giant muscle man he smokes cigarettes and he plays the drums and like he slashes dudes with this like what do you want like it's yeah. just all it reminds me a lot of like the dead to rights games which are just like openly fascist games about like being policemen and just mm. like shoot blasting a bunch of gang members yeah but like again they just wear the dumbness front and center and I guess I appreciate that clarity of vision. Well, see, I, that, I actually bumped on this, the opposite problem. Like, I felt like I kept comparing it to Metal Gear Solid and thinking, like, okay, Metal Gear Solid, by and large, I think we can all agree, is nonsense. Sure. But mm, we yeah. get caught up in it because I, I feel like Kojima knows what he's doing. Yes. Whether, whether, whether or not he's conveying that vision, it's similar to, like, Wachowski movies or something. Like... I think that they know what they're doing. I think they have a very specific vision and they're achieving that to their ends. I don't really feel that here. I feel like this is just stuff happening. <laughs> I yes. don't know. Hmm. Yeah, there, and I feel like there's also like a lot of backstory that isn't really explained, but we're expected to understand anyway. Right, yeah, like, yeah. It's history with these these terrorists that you're hunting and like it just sort of hints at it's like, oh, they were in the same unit, but... One of them killed a civilian, so he's like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'll surrender to the UN. Well, and I, I played this game, I think, The Least of Us 3, because uh, I just came over and played it here with Wait, Steve The Least before. of Us 3 is out? <laughs> yeah, the, the, oh, yeah The Least of Us. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. Um... And I think I probably also enjoyed it the most, which maybe maybe says something about the staying power <laughs> of this game. But, like, how much of this game is cutscenes? Like, there was a... The initial cutscene was like, I don't know, like three, four, five minutes. And then it, I'd be up through the first level, and there seemed to be sort of a, another cutscene that then we skipped to get later in the game. Yeah. Like, this isn't like Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid level of cutscenes, right? It's not that level. There are some longer ones, right? I don't know, Michael, I think you played even mm. more than I did. Yeah, I, got I, I would not say it's anywhere near Metal Gear Solid level. Like, you know, maybe a few minutes. Some of the longer cutscenes are maybe a few minutes long, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's more there's just their frequency, I think. They happen a lot. Yeah. But I like so our our our, our character is named Ivan, right? Like Ivan yeah. who's just yeah. Did just, we ever figure out why this game is called Devil's Third? Like that's a such a confusing title. I like, I looked this up. Um okay, firstly, if you're going to be looking this up at work, turn on safe search. Not judging, I'm just saying Devil's Third is going to bring up some stuff. It is? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Okay. The the uh, the the official term no, for a male male female three way is a devil's three way. Oh, a devil's yeah. third. Yeah, interesting. But the the title is a reference. It's a musical reference. Like it, it's a it's a specific like a difficult to hit interval. Oh, I th- oh hmm. I thought you meant so it to was answer like your question. South, I don't know. The scene in South Pacific. <laughs> yeah, they have a male female female. Sure. <laughs> in South Pacific, that yeah. happened. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, they cut that for the school production. But, uh, <laughs> So, so I'm curious. Since you mentioned that he smokes a cigarette, so at his idle animation, even when you're like crouching behind cover, is that he takes out a cigarette and lights it and starts to smoke. Did you guys ever feel bad about like interrupting him? It's like, oh, I've got an opening to shoot now, but I'm not gonna because he's he's just sliding the cigarette out. Of yeah, the he must have gone. Yeah, it's so wasteful. So many packs, like with the packs that they. I guess that can be his reward. Like next to the drum set, they just give him three hundred packs of cigarettes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a relatively common trope. Like that exists. This game actually reminded me of Vanquish, if you guys have ever played that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that has the same, I think, exact idle animation where the guy's like goofy robot, Robocop helmet will lift up and then he'll be smoking a cigarette. It's, it's, it's another openly very stupid game. It's funny right. how quickly he pulls the cigarette or the flask out, too. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog taking mm-hmm. 30 seconds before he starts tapping his foot. You're just like immediately the cigarette's out. Yeah. But, but yeah, so the base, basic story, as I understand it, there's... There's a terrorist attack that makes all the satellites out in low orbit collide into each other. And this is a real life like astrophysical phenomenon called Kessler syndrome, where too many objects in low Earth orbit, they all start bumping into each other. It's a chain reaction. You can't stop and they'll all just start raining on Earth. Okay. And so if I'm understanding it right, like this knocked out all communications between different armies. So there's a power struggle all of a sudden and like uh, and you have to just go from country to country, like stopping the end of escape from L.A. Kinda, uh, yeah. kinda, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, without it the knocks surfing. out like the, it's it's making the point like oh the U.S. military is so dependent on its satellite capability and all these other you know uh, militaries are, are equally dependent that like to knock them out like takes away most of their superiority and creates like global anarchy, and, which is a very Metal Gear Solid type of like loose yeah. satire and like lo- loose poking at the war economy. Oh yeah, just just lots of international sure. intrigue and. Uh, I believe Ivan's former like hit squad, like these these five garishly dressed and named again, a la Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, assassins, are behind this attack, okay. and they're kind of trying. And that's why Ivan has to be sent out to kill them all. Uh, which is kind of your basic framework, you know. You, you, you each boss battle is kind of a different run in with a different member of his old team. And I think his end goal is to try and rescue the youngest member of his team, which is a young woman named C Four who he mm-hmm. kind of raised from childhood, Hannah-like, and uh, taught how to kill. So I think that if this... You said that this game started life, like, all the way back in 2008 and yeah. didn't come out until 2015. I think if I had... This game had come out in 2008 on, like, the 360, and I had played it, I think I would have been all over this game because it was very much feels like a continuation of the aesthetic from Ninja Gaiden... Um, whereas you have big, real big, chunky characters. Like, sure. I like the way Ivan looks and the way he moves a lot. Yeah. Um, and, like, when you get sort of... Your basic attack is just the same old thing you always see of, like, X is your light attack, and then Y gives you sort of a finishing move. But, like, he feels very chunky. Like, when you punch dudes, they kind of go flying, and these sort of finishing moves where he bashes their head on the wall feel like they have impact. Which goes a long way, especially considering this game doesn't have like a combo system, which is kind of shitty. That like, f- that feels like a big missed 
missed opportunity here. Like yeah. it, you, you really do. You have a strong attack, you have a weak attack, and that's kind of it. Yeah, and there's not even like a way to sort of mix them. You just sort of press X four times and you'll knock the person out or they get stunned and then you press Y to finish them off. And like, yeah, there's no like sort of Ninja Gaiden would you, you would roll around and like knock them up into the air and slam them down into the ground and do all this sort of very fast running in combination. Whereas here you feel like you have very little, there's very little strategy to what's going on. Like it's viscerally satisfying, but you're not like, oh, I played that really well. You just kind of are mashing buttons and hope you don't die. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you and know, I, I want to say, like, I do not like the Wii U's controller for this so much. Like, yeah. it's confusing to me to get back and like, oh, the that's right, the, the right stick is up here, the buttons are down here. And I'm not sure if it's the controller or the game itself, but, like, whenever I go into first-person mode and aim, like, it was just really slow, and it was really hard to line up a shot precisely. And hmm. it, it was just, yeah, like, I, I eventually learned to kind of compensate for that, but... Uh, I always have issues with the L button on the Wii U gamepad. Like we played it, we played it on the game. Like the L button, I always forget even exists. Right. Because I'm always trying to press the actual triggers mm. as opposed to the shoulder button. Whereas your shoulder, your L button is your block and your dodge, which yeah. is pretty important. Right. Very important. And yeah. So, um, but I, both the aesthetic of this game feels very like 2008, and I feel like, I feel like the problem here. And part of the reason that this game, this game has a lot of technical issues, as Michael was saying earlier. Yeah. But like, it feels like a very dated game, even from 2015. Right. Like, that was I. I had to kind of remind myself. Okay, this game is five years old. Uh, yeah. Last of Us One mm. is three years older than this. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Wow. That really, puts really it kind of puts it in perspective. Like this looks like maybe a first generation PS3 game. With some moments where I think we slipped into PS One, like the the zombies. Okay, there's randomly Ugh. a level with zombies. Okay, yeah, Michael, you saw those. Did those not look like shit? Like they just look they looked like really jaggy. They they look yeah, like they, old school polygons. They they did kind of look like shit. The one good thing I'll say about that level is that like, there are these like big. It, like really hard to kill monsters with like rat like faces and something oh, yeah. about the way that they moved was like a creepy Harry ha Ray Harryhausen stop motion animation mm. and and it's just like th those kind of like ugh, I don't like fighting those but then the zombies were just like yeah this is just an incomprehensible pile of shit that looks like a human roughly in shape and, yeah uh, I I liked that rat thing except the first time I saw it it was. It was like a bright pink, like that enemy in Doom, you know, uh, the yeah, big yeah, pink yeah. guy. And then the texture filled in on him oh, as he mm. got closer because there was bad pop up. Like he's yeah, supposed no, to look weird. like like a like a man without skin. Like it's supposed to be all bloody musculature all over. Okay. But when he was running down those stairs, he looked bright pink. I'm like, oh, a new friend. <laughs> sure. Look That's at him. Awesome. He's a bear. He's a little yeah. teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it was just kind of very funny that. Uh, it, it it struck me as kind of a symptom of the long production cycle. It's like, okay, 2008, we started. Then 2010, holy shit, zombies are huge. Oh, we sure. got to put zombies in fucking everything. And then 2015, when this finally comes out, oh, yeah, no, zombies are done by now. Well, yeah. it's kind <laughs> of like a collection. It's kind of like this game is like a Katamari, and it starts rolling in 2008, and as <laughs> different things become popular, they're like, 
okay, what's popular? You start you start as like a Ninja Gaiden thing, and you're like, okay, what if this is Ninja Gaiden, but there were guns? And you're like, okay, great. We, we go from there. And then they're like, well, actually, like, cover shooters are really popular now. So, like, okay, roll up some cover shooter yeah. mechanics. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare comes out, and they're like, oh, like, actually... We want this sort of first person, like through the crosshairs view. All right, like roll that in. And now we need to emphasize like online multiplayer, like roll that in. And then you just sort of have. And then you have, you hit the vacuum that was a, a, a studio dropping them again. And it's like, okay, lose all of these. We're a smaller Katamari now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes just like random things from like every video game falls in. Like this game's got a lot of explosive barrels. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, well, so you have like a kind of an athletic when you're training in the beginning, you have kind of this athletic like big jump like wall crawl kind of thing. And you think this is going to be more of an uh, oh, yeah, a, or like uh, element of in the game. Like because, again, that yeah. would have been a game. Yeah. Where you're doing like some wall running or mm-hmm. some like stunts or acrobatics. But that's really not an element here. Like, no, like you, you, you can go you the can entire game it. without jumping. Yeah, later in the game, it like in, in think in the last couple levels, there are a few points where you have to do it a lot. But for the bulk of the game, yeah, you don't do it at all. Like you, you will forget that you even can because, like, you can climb up high things, but if something is waist high, more often than not, you can't jump over it. It's exactly. It's just, oh, that's an arbitrary invisible wall. Okay, uh, that's good to know. And it, and it, yeah, talking about like how tropey this game is. Like, I I had the feeling like. I don't know if it's the story or the gameplay, but I feel like I played this exact game at least a dozen times between 2001 and 2012. Like, this is just yeah. like yeah. Xbox 360 era the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, you could, you could tell me this is a Kane and or a Lynch, and I would believe yeah. you. you know? This is a The Suffering, or yeah. The Suffering too. <laughs> the Ties That Bind, yes. Or a PSYOP, or a type of mind gate conspiracy of some type. One, one of those. Yeah, or a Freedom Fighters. <laughs> it can go on. All yeah, games no, that, that I like, like again... Again, this game, I, if I, you're if you're in the market for an original era Xbox game, yeah, go for it. If you are me, yeah. you, you will like you will probably like this game, but I'll, unfortunately, only I am me um, <laughs> because I just really like sort of third person action games that kind of look like this and are just very sort of throwaway. I mean, to to kind of damn it with faint praise is that like the game starts off very strong and I don't know Michael you can back this up because I think you played a little further than I did but Mm -hmm. it seemed to like lose fidelity with each level like like it seemed to get like a little choppier a little like the textures took a little longer to get drawn in like boss encounters seemed a little lazier the level design yeah got lazier and lazier like at the beginning you're like in these hallways breaking out of prison bashing dudes and then like on the later level we play which is maybe like level five you're just like, there's these guys way far away just like blasting you with chain guns. Yeah, and you have no cover. Yeah. Like you just have to kind of like wait yeah. or, and just hope your ammo holds out. I, I, the, yeah, there there was one, maybe it's the one you're talking about where like, yeah, it's this very long hallway with like all these invisible people that are shooting at you. Yeah. Like, invisible intentionally. It's not a glitch. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you like, you get to the end of it and it's like, now we're just going to spawn in like five heavy dudes with chain guns and axes and you get to run around with no cover. And try to avoid them, and yeah, that that wasn't great. And and I remember thinking it's not so much that the levels, like their performance, gets worse, but the level design becomes much less interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I remember a point where like I'm just kind of like, you know, ducking th- under this pipe on this catwalk and like looking up at these big uh, fuel tanks and thinking like, do do designers actually like 
creating these assets, like the, just the same industrial machinery over and over again. And then yeah. I forgot about that because it's like, oh, I was looking up and I saw two guys just pop into existence on top of a pipe and jump down at me. There was a lot of that. There was a yeah. lot. Like I'd empty it. I'd, I'd walk into an empty room and then two guys would just like blip into existence and start shooting at me. Mm-hmm. And I found the game was forcing you a lot into, you know, they've got this cover-based system, but they kept forcing you into rooms where you'd be facing off a lot of enemies with no cover. Like you saw that one room we were playing in the Tokyo level. Like we, we uh, you just, you have to walk in and take out these three guys. But like, unless you're really quick, they're going to take you out and you have no way to get back out the door, maybe stray from the hallway or anything like that. Like the well, door locks behind you. So I feel like the heart of what makes this game work in the, in the times where this game does work, I feel like what it needs to play into is the switching between this sort of, I mean, in the same way, like the devil may cry games work, um, where Dante has a gun and a sword and knocks people in the air and kind of juggles them around. This takes that to another step because like devil may cry never becomes a shooter. Because yeah. you always just lock on to your enemies and stay in third person. Here, the, you can run into a room, like bash some guys with tomahawks, and then like a bunch of ninjas will drop in, and you can equip your assault rifle, go into the first person mode, and mow them down. Like, and I feel like that is when the game is sort of clicking. It's also very weird that this game makes you fight a bunch of ninjas who apparently like are just. It, it, there's like a weird trope in video games where like ninjas are immune to bullets. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where they can like deflect them with their swords or like wind yeah. walk between them. These guys and here, like, they love them. No, yeah. They, you, they're they're bring just them on. bullet magnets and oh. guys will just like, that's a problem I have with the game is for being sort of by the creator of Ninja Gaiden, uh, it doesn't really force you into using melee very much. No. Most of the time like that I actually died, it was because I was trying to melee people Whereas if I just had a bunch of ninjas chasing at me and just like unloaded bullets into them, I would n- take no damage. Right. <laughs> which is yeah. which it seems like a real misstep. It feels like this game wants the melee combat of Ninja Gaiden and just to be able to throw in sort of modern warfare shooter as like a weird flourish. And like it kind of goes the other way. It's almost like it's a heavier shooter emphasis. And I do wonder and I do bet that that also stemmed from the multiplayer emphasis here. Because it's much easier to have a multiplayer-focused shooter than a Mm -hmm. multiplayer-focused third-person melee game. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that, like... I'm I'm guessing that this is pretty rudimentary in terms of how the multiplayer actually worked. My understanding of the multiplayer, and there really wasn't much to go off of because it's it's been gone for years if you listener ever played the devil's third like we're into the devil's third multiplayer yeah let us know we we are legitimately curious i'm legitimately curious because everything i read said that this was the highlight of the whole experience like this was the the online mode was kind of the reason to play this game and you can kind of forgive a lot of the stuff that happens in the single player mode but uh you know, it even got its own standalone PC version just called Devil's Third Online, which was just the online mode, and that was released in 2016. But it was it was like a clan-based game where you kind of pick a side or you could choose to be like a free agent and kind of sow chaos. And uh, then it was just a lot of different, like, kind of capture the flag and, like, uh, melee kind of stuff. And then you could you could alter the landscape, like, by buying different structures and things like that and kind of mess with people's maps. Uh you know, and then there's a lot of different ways to customize your character and buy new skins and new weapons and things like that. 
I mean, everything I heard said it sounded pretty fun. Apparently, there's a pretty similar experience out. I don't know if this game is still live either, but there's a game from 2018, also from Valhalla Games, called Rock Shot. And that is apparently kind of like the spiritual successor to this in the sense that it is this, just not with the Devil's Third branding. Sure. Like, it doesn't carry that sweet, sweet name recognition. It doesn't have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't, you can't take that to the Devil's Third bank. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious. I mean, Michael, did you ever get a chance to play this online? I can... No, I didn't. It was, no, it was yeah. long gone by the time I started on this. That's so. the that's the bitch of it. Like I said, this this came out in 2015. By the end of 2016, a mere 16 months, uh, this online mode was shut down. But I'm so. also I assume by that time, like there was nobody playing it. Like that, there was probably very few people playing this game in the first place because yeah. it sold so few copies. Um, and so yeah. I imagine that if it had been actually like great and successful, they would not have shut down the online. Yeah. It's not like Nintendo was like, oh, we don't want people having any fun on our servers. Harumph, harumph, harumph. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I, I saw something about like pay to win microtransactions too mm. that Ooh. rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. never fun. That's never no. fun. Yeah, uh, from what I read, this sold 3,000 copies in its first month, which is uh, Tony Hawk shred numbers. That's that's <laughs> pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think this is the embarrassment that Nintendo thought it was. Um, I, I think, I don't know, maybe with a little better marketing push, we'd probably remember it a little better. I think, I wonder if some of the response to it was kind of coupled with, well, A, Itagaki's a guy who likes to uh, hype his games up to yes. kind of a ridiculous degree. I mean, and in he the was... same way that John Romero made us all his bitch. Exactly. Like, you yes, really exactly. Set, yeah. You yeah. really set yourself up for failure. Peter Molyneux had the same thing of like, I don't like the first fable very much, but like, I think that had all the hype and like big talk not been a part of it, like, what are you in, talking about? That game lets you go from baby to old man in real time. Well, you can, you, you can, can play you can, it for 60 years. You just leave your console yeah, on. You, you, can, you can age 80 years in the amount of time it takes everyone else to age 20. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, they went to that beach. Peter Molina went to the beach that made him old. <laughs> the beach that made him old. Yeah, yeah. Instead, they scrapped all that. They just gave you a fart button, yeah. which is the better choice. I but think. like, better yeah, my choice. point is, if you have sort of this big persona and you're like, this game is sort of going to revolutionize things. Yeah. When you come out with a game, like for whatever positive things that I have to say about this game, it is not ambitious at all. No. And, like, and, that, and that's the thing. Had this been released in 2008, it wouldn't have been a masterpiece either. Like no. this, there's there's nothing that we can see here that's like, oh my god, this is the future. It's like, no, right. this is very much the present. This, of 2008. this, this game is not. Don't don't like suddenly think you should go track down and spend three hundred dollars on a copy no. of this game because you yeah. definitely should not. You should not even unless you unless you're Michael and you get to mm. guest on a sweet sweet podcast. <laughs> you should not spend thirty dollars to buy this digital. This is unless like, you're like no, this was my dying wish to play this game and I just haven't gotten around to it for yeah. six years. <laughs> like if this game was a five dollars on the Steam sale. You're Go like, for it. Yeah, you're like, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, this game's super short, right? Like, there's only, there's only like six or seven levels in the single-player mode. But yeah, it's really not very long. Uh, I do want to call out some of the boss battles, because they fucking yes. suck ass. Ugh! Okay, well, you were there with me, too. Okay, yeah, I was fighting... Okay. Why, why does every boss have 
an instant kill move that they can bust out seemingly at any time, but usually Ooh. choose to Ugh. do when they've already done some damage and you can't see anything because the screen is all obscured with your blood and oh yeah, the light yeah, this so, game does that other that other horrible thing where yeah. like as you take damage, like your field of view starts shrinking and it comes black and white and it. There's definitely a time where people like chucking grenades and shooting at you where the screen is just like covered in smoke and haze. Oh, yeah. It's like I looking mean, out your window on a usual day here. Like, exactly. That is one positive thing I'll say is that the recovery is pretty quick. But if if big things are happening when your vision is obscured, then like you're pretty much dead. And that sucks. Well, every boss fight is just built around spamming that dodge button as often mm. as you can. And that button cannot keep up with the speed of some of those attacks. Like... Currently where I'm stuck, I don't know if you got past this level, Michael, but I'm, I'm stuck at the... I, uh, I finished it, so... You finished it. Okay, so you, you beat you beat Sexy Lingerie Lady. I did, and I That's... also beat a uh, woman wearing uh, octo, or, sorry, optical camouflage, but it's like a see-through suit that's only silvered in on her nipples and crotch. Sure, so sure. cool tattoos. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, of course. Well, she needs to breathe. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she course, needs to yeah. breathe. They all need mm-hmm. to breathe. Yeah, very exploitative, but... That boss fight with the lingerie lady, it's like she's got a rifle and she's got 30 ninjas coming at you all the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, you need to be constantly, constantly dodging. You can't really land a hit on anybody. And oftentimes you're just kind of dead before you realize what was happening. I kept getting stuck on, like, the big African guy because he just kept, like, he has a knife-throwing attack that just keeps going. Like, Mm -hmm. he just throws so many fucking knives. Where is he keeping all these knives? Yeah, I know so much about that guy thanks to the loading screens. He shows up once and yet it gives you so many factoids about him. Did you know Grundla Saha, his last name is derived from a name for for, uh, Vishnu and his parents are African refugees that moved to India and he's an environmentalist. I I don't care. He was on screen for five minutes. He's been dead a while. Yeah, just let let him go. I am excited to learn that Ivan is six foot two and 43. Good yeah. for him. Some of the Great. fun some Congrats. of the fun facts were very like, yeah, I could have put that together. Like C4 got her name from her experience with explosives. And they're like, yeah, I get that it wasn't a family name. Like I could have put that one together. Her parents were John and Mary C4. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but but, but you never it from explain... C4 Skinsky at uh, at Ellis Island. Yeah. But they never explained Big Mouse at least as as far as I know. Yeah, I Big Mouse, that. yeah. yeah. I th- I thought he was going to be like the head honcho bad guy but he's yeah, like but the he's... first one to die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He really was a big mouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, I don't have anything else about this game. Do you guys have any final thoughts on Devil's Third? It's it's a weird game to have ended up w- where it did and I feel like it's kind of going to grow in reputation because people haven't played it even though it doesn't deserve to grow in reputation because it's not. a very bland uninteresting game. Um, but also it is locked on sort of the Wii U at this point, which is a very weird place for this kind of game to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It's, it's, th- I think this is like, there's a, there's a bit of bad game design here and then there's just a bit of bad luck like uh, yes. attributed to this development of this game. I think, I think there is a version of this game that is better, is more ambitious. Like it's probably never going to be the world shaking thing that Itagaki wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But I think they did hit some, like, some, you know, they, they had a really rough development cycle, and you have to be a little sympathetic of that. One of the strange things, I feel like, for games that get caught in development hell or go through these different productions, companies, or different engines, is they always come out feeling rushed. 
And you're like, wait, yeah. how did this game come out feeling rushed? They had like a big long time to do it. And it's like, well, yeah, but eventually they just ran out of money and were like, we have to get something out there. And I, that's my theory for why the, the later levels of this game fall apart a lot more than the earlier ones. It's because they're like, it. we, just need to, we just need to finish this up. Like, I don't know, put some fucking zombies in there or something. <laughs> well, I, I will say that like the, the final level, which I guess you guys didn't make it to, is, is kind of insane because it's like so they they do like a omaha beach trench warfare style thing where like oh you have to get up these hills and take out this anti-aircraft cannon so that we can move in all the old world war ii pilots that we mobilized in like their prop planes that weren't affected by the worldwide emp blast sure music is playing that's like this is like inverted star wars music i'm pretty sure it's very close (laughs) And yeah, and also you can you can uh, take on your sensei in a sword duel at the end, who's like a, a refugee of a ninja clan who was chased out of Japan during the Meiji Reformation, but uh, be- he became a Soviet general, and uh, it's it's a mess. It's <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh man, insanity! All right, well, let's move on to our rankings for this game. I'm I'm pretty curious where this is going to end up for for either of us. Actually, I haven't ranked my game yet. Um, I don't know why I put NBA 2K twice on this list, but just, ignore it's it. The game you ignore like it. so much, the one you I had to place it twice. I had to play it again. Um, for me, I think Devil's Third is going to end up. Oh boy, weird place. Uh. I'm going to split up some Lego games. I'm oh, going to say this is weird. underneath Lego Avengers and above Lego Jurassic World. And that's kind of an arbitrary spot, but that's where I feel comfortable. That would make it the 16th or the 17th uh, game on the list so far. It's, I, I think I have some of the same affection for it that Woody has. Like, and it was more, I think I, I also came burdened or I, I came with uh different expectations than what it turned out to be. It's more of a competent game than I was expecting. It's not like totally broken. It's not totally unfun to play. It's just wildly ambitious, pretty antiquated and ugly as shit. Uh, so <laughs> that was my big problem with it. Like uh, there, there are some fun ideas here. I like all the gore. I like the, the hack and slash animations and heads popping off everywhere. And I like that it's going really stupid with its story uh, but it just it doesn't quite come together. Not the disaster you've heard, but it doesn't quite come together. Um, so I think part of growing older is becoming more comfortable with the person that you are and just being more <laughs> and more willing to sort of sure. lean into that despite your sort of objective knowledge that you, you it might be terrible. Oh, God, this is going to be your number one, isn't it? No, no, no. God damn it. But I think that the evidence that you guys both played this game more than me and liked it less than me shows that things do fall apart. And as much, that's what that book was about, right? Things it fall is. apart was yeah. about Devil's Third. Yeah, read it, it was. In high school. Yes. I heard the guy <laughs> made up his whole experience about being in a prison underneath Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made up. Oprah busted him. Oh, you're thinking of a different thing. That's a different thing. Yeah. Shit, I'm thinking of tiny <laughs> little pieces. I, I was thinking God of damn me. it, you yeah, watch yeah, yeah. I know books. Um, damn it. Anyway, ah, uh, uh, I'm I'm cutting out everything that makes me look dumb. This yeah, episode. you've had a lot of those. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm just cutting myself out. Yeah, exactly. It'll just be Michael and I talking with a bunch of silences. The beginning of this podcast will be real boring much more palatable than than what i'm saying um i'm putting this right under nintendo land and ahead of gianna sister's twisted dreams wow uh, gianna sister twisted dreams much better game way better game way better game but uh it doesn't have a giant muscly man slicing off ninja's heads and popping them with an assault rifle 
Uh, so that's but it, number, but it has that's number owls. 12 for me. It does have owls. Owl, I, 12 is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, 12 is pretty good. Again, don't don't like run out and, <laughs> and, and buy this game by any means. But if you if you have it sitting around um, and you're just waiting for it to accrue value in the insane world we live in, yeah. uh, why mm. not why not give it a play? Why yeah. not run it through your disc doctor and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> sharpen up those edges? destroy it. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. What, 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 do you, what did you think about this game, Mike? Like... Is I mean, this one that you would? Were you happy that you spent the what five or six hours fighting your way through uh, it, or it's probably it's, closer to seven or eight? But um, it, it's it's something I don't regret. It's one of those things where it's like it's been a couple days since I finished it, and my memories of it are already fading. But it is more fun to talk about and think about the things that happen in it than it was to actually play it. Like there were parts where it was just like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing this. All right, just one more. All right, just one more. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I stuck it out. Damn it! And uh, and part of it was because I I thought there were fewer levels than I uh, than there actually were. Like oh no! Like, okay. Oh well, it's eight levels. I'm at level four. I might as well finish it. And then I think it's closer to like ten, ten or. 11. Oh okay. Uh, they, okay. They, they, they do the old bait and switch. I do yeah. like again as sort of Ninja Gaiden para- parallels. That game was renowned for being very difficult. And there are sections of this game that are very difficult as well, but, but they it's don't not feel, in the same way. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They're not satisfyingly difficult. Where you're like, oh, I finally got used to the boss's pattern and figured this out. You're just like, oh, I didn't die that time for some reason. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's more the, the vibe. The it AI feels... got caught on the wall, so it wasn't just blasting me from a distance. <laughs> yeah. The the difficulty is definitely more of a side effect of the of the kind of shoddy game design. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we do have a couple of letters here. Um, one very brief. I'll, I'll start with a very brief one because it's just a single sentence. Uh, hello, most memorable boss fight from your childhood. Go. And that's from Ace. So I, that's not, that's not even a question. But what's the most memorable boss fight from our childhood? I assume he means a video game and not just a boss so that we <laughs> took down. I mean, uh, I have, I have lost most of the fights that I've had with real bosses. I have never, yeah, I have yeah. never come out ahead. I have just come out <laughs> without a job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um... I think I, I think the the boss fight. I mean, I wasn't quite a child. I was in I was in high school. But the boss fight I was most satisfied with myself for beating was the one in Onimusha, which, from what I understand, it's a very very easy fight if you go through that. There's like a little mini game thing where you have to descend through all these levels and fight all these demons and get this ultra sword and then you'll kill the bad guy in one slash. Okay. I didn't do that, and mm-hmm. I went after that boss with like zero health and uh, uh just really took a long time for me to beat it. Uh, so I don't know. I'll say Onimusha. Memorable boss fight. I feel like in general, boss fights. I'm trying to think back to like Super Super Nintendo and pre, and like there's not a lot of. I feel like boss fights have really more come into their own in in terms of like when you get to 3D gameplay because like often like your Abobos and Double Dragon or something are just not all that interesting yeah they'll just be mm. big guys that start blinking that take more damage um I, I have a lot of memories of general ram um from the original gears of war in terms of oh. like how big of a difficulty spike it felt like it was because i love the original gears of war and like i rented it and played it like the whole weekend and got to general ram and i just couldn't beat him and i'm like what the hell is going mm. on and so i think when i finally uh beat general ram that was that was pretty memorable okay mm. all right Michael, do you have a, a favorite boss fight from uh, from your youth? Um, well, my youth was a long time ago, so mine are going to be kind of <laughs> mine old. too. Um, well, no, I think I fought General Ram when I was like sixteen. Oh, so yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's just I went high school Super too. Nintendo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Favorite, favorite. I think um, 
So uh, there's there's a game that I played on Apple too, and I think was on Atari. You might guys might be familiar with it, Karateka. It was like Jordan Mechner's yeah. first game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the boss in that uh, is an asshole who sends out his eagle to repeatedly peck at you before you can <laughs> get to fight him. And uh, just it it takes like perfect timing to kick it, and it will like fly at you. You kick it, it goes away, flies at you again repeatedly, and you're just whittling down its health over time. And finally, you land a kick and manage to demolish this beautiful animal, <laughs> and it falls at your feet dead. And this the, the immense satisfaction I felt being like you know what like seven or eight years old i guess it's just like oh yeah finally now i can go get my ass kicked by the real boss oh wow that's so cruel (laughs) that's one of my least favorite tropes in in video games is the double stage boss fight especially Mm -hmm. when they don't realize that like at the top of at the top of the fight where oh yeah you get the health bar down and then it refills and you're like this is not fun for any one game like i just it just feels like you're dicking with me I mean, on that topic, I might have to amend mine to be death from the first Castlevania. Because I remember that is like a bitch of a boss fight and you feel Mm -hmm. so accomplished when it's done. It's like, oh no, you still have another boss like immediately after. And by the way, he's going to kill you immediately and you have to do death again. I don't know how Mm -hmm. people beat those original Castlevanias. Like I've been playing them on emulators and like fighting my way through like I still die a lot using the rewind function oh yeah and I'm like how yeah. did anyone do ever do this I don't think I ever did that one yeah. I think that's the first as far Castlevania as I ever got is very very hard yeah 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 I never I, I don't think I ever finished it as a kid I do know I finished Castlevania 3 and like trying to replay it a couple of years ago I have no idea how yeah because like that just that last level by itself playing through that and like you know it 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 took like all of my lives almost to get to Dracula and then I get to Dracula and I get to like his second or third stage, but he still kicks my ass. And then it like kicks me back to the beginning of the level. It's like, I, how am I supposed to do this? How did yeah. I do this all those years ago? I must've been insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Playing it's this crazy. Nonstop for weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was I, only able to be Castlevania four with the emulator, like with the rewind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, um, and I actually did figure out the correct answer that is actually from my childhood, which <laughs> is, uh, which is final Kefka and final fantasy six. Oh like, yeah. Good. One. As crazy. Mm. I, I remember being so in on that game, the moment when you get to Kefka's tower and you're switching between these different parties. And then when you finally get to the boss, you're like, I have 12 people. Like, how is this boss fight possibly going to live up to the fact that I have a 12-person party? Right. And it does, because that boss fight is crazy. It's hard. Like, it, that's well, hard. And just, yeah. like, the amount of stuff that's going on, and you're just, like, you have 12 people just kind of floating in the ethereal cosmos. And multi-stage, and, again. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and this is weird, bosses, like, yeah. totem pole where Kefka is, like, this bizarre god. Like, oh. So that, good. Uh, what, a, what a game. Oh, so yeah. good. Okay, one other letter. Uh, This one says, what's up, guys? Hello. I've got a question for you. Lately, I've gotten really into a game that I never thought I would like. It's called Devil's Third. (laughs) An off-road trucking simulator called Mud Runners. Okay. I gave it a try because I really like the open-world elements of games like Smuggler's Run, and I fell in love with trundling my trucks across the Siberian landscapes. My question is, have you ever become enraptured by a game that you'd never thought you'd like? Kind of like you surprised yourself when you played something that you originally brushed off. A side question would be if you have any gaming guilty pleasures. Keep up the great work, and that's from Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean, gaming guilty pleasure is games that are like Devil's Third. I was going to say Devil's yeah. Third is like a perfect gaming guilty pleasure right now, right <laughs> Just off like, the bat. Yeah, yeah big, big <laughs> muscular mans with sort of 
brainless violence. Like Dead to Rights is another another one that I go yeah. to a lot. Um, I'll say Man Eater. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I have to. Yeah, Man Eater's good. As as far as like uh, games that that kind of I was surprised I would be into. Um, I mean, I've I've my my love of Stardew Valley is well documented on this show. Uh, but, but are you I'm, surprised you were into that? Like you, you, well, you were yeah. into Harvest Moon, right? I not really. Okay. No, I never really played Harvest Moon growing up, and I, I've, I'm famously uh, a person with a short attention span. You famously so. hate farmers and agriculture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me say, don't come near me with the overalls. I'll, yeah. I'll punch you. I'll punch you right in your pitchfork. Um, yeah, no. But I Stardew Valley, for whatever reason, like really struck a chord with me. I got really into it. Similar to uh, Animal Crossing, uh, New Horizon, which like. I tried to play to Animal Crossing in the past, never clicked with me, never clicked with me, cut to New Horizon coming out, pandemic locking me in. Oh, 600 hours on this game. All right. And I'm designing my own flags, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting really into it. Uh, so those would be mine. Yeah. Uh, the two that come to my mind are, um, I believe ESPN NFL 2K5, when that came mm-hmm. out, I had no attachment to football. And I remember, but I kind of was always intrigued by, like, a football game and wanted to understand it. And that game retailed for $20 because they were trying to beat Madden. And I'm like, sure, I will spend $20. And I got really into that game and it developed like an appreciation for the sport of football. And uh, I love that game. The other one is uh, I got the game Def Jam Fight for New York for my, I was going to get it for my brother because I'm yep. like, my brother likes fighting games. My brother likes rap. Like, whatever. And I bought it used, and I'm like, I'll just try this out. And I'm like, this game is awesome. So I had to buy another copy for myself so I could give my brother a copy and keep one myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about you, Michael? Any uh, Anything that surprised you? As sort of- um, Yeah, I think I feel like that happens. Hang on a sec. <coughs> I feel like that happens every so often. Uh, probably most recently with Valheim, which oh, yeah. uh, I, I am not into survival games at all. Like, they never really stick with me i don't like the oh i'm naked and i have to build a yurt and there's (laughs) crocodiles uh biting my ass um but uh valheim like just the mechanics are really fun going around as a viking and building your own axe and using it to chop down trees that will then fall realistically and crush you is uh surprisingly enjoyable um yeah, I, I just got deeply deeply into it where like for a couple weeks i i almost played nothing else and it's just i don't even really like this kind of game and now i'm (laughs) sailing across the world for like an hour and then getting killed and sailing again to do a corpse run and hoping that the sea monster doesn't come after me this time and uh, (laughs) yeah guilty pleasure wise i guess uh for a long time that was jaws unleashed for me mine too uh, i love jaws unleashed And, and that's one where it's just like, this might be, like, the first time I played it, it's just like, oh, this is like a mediocre Jaws game. All my hopes are dashed. And then I played it again <laughs> I like the way you like, mediocre Jaws game, like, unlike the high-quality yeah. NES one, you could <laughs> no, never I mean, figure out what the hell was never, going on. Jaws games range from mediocre to terrible. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I still had high hopes for it. Like, this this is a really cool idea. I get to be the shark in Jaws. And then playing it, it's like, that's nah, just mediocre. But uh, going back to it and playing it a second time, I remember thinking like, oh, my God, this is like the only game that you can appreciate on the same level as a really bad movie. Yeah. Like it's it's things happen that are so incredibly stupid that you have to laugh at them. And that sort of excuses any bad gameplay. Like it's worth plowing through that just to see more like, oh, the. CEO of this environmental company whose son I killed in the first level is 
coming after me with a motorized handheld submarine. I'm sure this is a great idea on his part. Now I have to chase some scuba divers through a minefield for some reason. Uh, I remember off the shore of Amity Island. I remember getting endeared with that game, like right in the first stage when you need to find a key card to open a gate yes. as a shark. Yeah. Uh, and of course you do this by biting a scientist with a key card and using it against the gate. Yep. Swiping it's, him against the gate. Oh, it's so, it's so, it's dumb. so dumb. So dumb. So good. Why are there, why is every game not a shark game? I, I just want to play nothing but shark games. Jaws ultimate predator game for Wii has you're fighting uh, robots which are, are manned by people and then there is a boss that is a giant robot that is piloted by a smaller giant robot <laughs> that is in turn piloted by a person. <laughs> <laughs> that person, Roy Scheider. So there we go. It all, it all yeah. goes full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, those are all the letters today. Thank you everybody who wrote in. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and Michael, thank you so much for being here. We always love having you on. It's always oh, such a you. blast. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. Where can people find you and all of the awesome podcasting that you do? Oh, people can find me mostly on Vigigame Apocalypse, vigigameapocalypse.com, spelled like it sounds, not like video game apocalypse, although I think we do have that too. Oh, perfect. Uh, part of the, part of the lasertimepodcast.com network and uh, you guys Steve? only talk about like the bruce willis ps1 game like every episode yes. you just <laughs> every episode. That game again <laughs> 430 episodes and counting just just about bruce willis and finding all the intricacies in that great ps1 classic <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yes uh steve i i actually asked uh you to be on to uh to do our next show which we'll be talking about devil's third and some other uh, games that uh, were the big hype projects of uh, big name developers striking out on their own and then kind of flopped. So what else will we be talking about? I don't know. I'm excited for people to hear this uh, because uh, not to spoil things too much, but one of the hosts kills one of the others. Ooh. You're going to have to tune in to find out what I'll, happened. I'll be listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will too, my God. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for being here, Michael. Uh, and uh, uh, n- tune in next week when we are doing a different game, I'm sure. Devil's Fourth. Uh, the Devil's Fourth. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't mention that. It's supposed to be a trilogy. Oh, yeah, of course sure. it was. Oh, of that's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you break it down, every game was supposed to be a trilogy if it makes enough money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we are playing a game that might be part of a trilogy. It's clearly a second of something. We're playing the game Sniper Elite V2. So I assume that V2 means it's a sequel to Sniper Elite V, or maybe it's... You don't think like they released a broken version initially, and then like, oh, wait, oh here's okay. the real game. This is version two. That could be possible, yeah. too. Uh, I've got a weird soft spot for sniper games. Okay. That might be a guilty yeah. pleasure of mine, well, too. That, so. that one especially. The, the sniper, sniper Elite games I like a lot, but I, I think the V2 is actually a reference to the direction a bullet would have to bounce in in order to hit both of Hitler's nuts. Oh, perfect. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hitler only has one. (laughs) He's got none now. Dead son of a bitch. (laughs) That's right. I said it. I said Hitler's dead, everybody. Come at me. (laughs) All right, everybody. We will see you next week with Sniper Elite V2. Goodbye, everyone.
Hey everyone, just jumping in real quick to clarify a couple of scheduling errors. So uh, this week, yeah, you heard Devil's Third. Then next week, we're going to hear NBA 2K13. And then Sniper Elite V2 will be following up the week after that. Sorry to have to shift some things around like that. Uh, So please check out those episodes next week. NBA 2K13, Sniper Elite V2, the week after. Thanks, everyone.